all the latest updates on your local and regional sports. This is Sports Talk on 92 WICB Ithaca. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another episode of WICD Sports Talk, your home for the latest sports news, scores, and storylines from the Ithaca area. I'm your host, Michael Memes. Tonight, we take a look at the Ithaca College men's track and field team. Also, WICB Sports Director Matt Saucer and Ithacan Sports Editor Tommy Mumau join the show to preview their story on New York Yankees outfielder and Ithaca College alum Tim LeCastro. We start things off with some track and field. With the Penn Relays and the Liberty League Championships approaching, our own Max Tanzer sat with Ryan Medeiros to take a closer look. We are joined by Ryan Medeiros of the men's Ithaca College track and field team. And Ryan, first of all, thank you so much for joining us today. You came on in cross-country season. Now we have you back for round two here in track season. How are you doing today? How's the season going? I'm doing well, thanks, Max. The season's going along well. We're mid-season heading towards championship season now. Liberty League's coming up in a couple weeks. I know we get the Penn Relays coming up next weekend. And we have some athletes currently competing as we're doing this interview at the Geneseo uh, quad meet right now. So some good performances. We just had Ben Tiber. I was looking. 10.04 in the steeplechase. Second place finish for him. Big improvement from his last time. So uh, we're heading forward. Got some good momentum as we head towards the Liberty League Championships. Absolutely. And I'm sure that's the big circle on the calendar for you guys moving forward. I've talked to you before about this. You're taking the next couple of meets off to prepare for these Liberty Leagues. Walk me through that process and the decision to take some time off. Yeah, so we'll go back to really early in the season. We ran at Susquehanna. Me, Danny Jago, and Tim Cook were kind of our long, long distance runners on the team. We ran the 10,000 meter, wanted to qualify for the Liberty League Championships. The standard was 33.30. We ran around between 32.55 and 32.10. That was my time. Checked off that box early in the season so that we'd be able to rest up and kind of run some different races before Liberty Leagues and kind of be able to run that 10,000 meter. Now, for me personally, this was huge because I was training pretty hard, ran a 5,000 meter at the Lehigh Invitational um, and had some trouble with my ankle. Uh, I had a kind of, we'll go through the t- scientific jargon of it, um, the talus and calcaneus in my ankle rotated right, which caused some of the tendons in the tarsal tunnel to have a slight strain. So I've taken the past nine days off, had my first run back yesterday, just did an easy three-miler, uh, feeling good. So going to ease up and run the Liberty League championships, run the 10,000 meter there, and hopefully uh, qualify for the regional championships. But Thankfully, we were able to get that standard out of the way earlier so I'd be qualified and I wouldn't have to worry about hitting that time uh, later in the season. So it's giving me a chance to rest up and prepare for those championships. No doubt about it. Good timing as well as the weather starts to heat up. You start to ramp it up as well here. Have you ever dealt like an injury or with an injury like that before, before such a big meet? Uh, A similar situation I had during my senior year cross-country season of high school Uh, The calcaneus also rotated there, which is, for those of you who don't know, the calcaneus is the heel bone, essentially. That's the scientific term for it. But uh, I had that rotate during my cross-country season. My senior year of high school was causing pretty extreme pain in my Achilles. Had to take a meet off. But thankfully, I was able to have that readjusted, put back in place um, by a doctor back home. And uh, I was able to kind of continue my season from there. This one was a little different because the the rotation of it actually led to a slight strain. Uh, But... I'm, I'm hopeful that I'll be able to kind of build my mileage back up in time for the championships. And I've already done a lot of base work. I got three or four weeks of 60-plus miles 
uh, before the injury. So I should have that aerobic base up. It's just a matter of keeping the leg strength. I've been on the bike the past nine days. It's a little bit of uh, different working muscles there, a lot more quad work as opposed to when you're running. Uh, but it's kept the leg strength up, and my aerobic base that I built up from all that mileage early in the season will hopefully keep that fitness up for the championships. Absolutely. And from a running perspective, I always thought this would be really interesting to talk about too because there's always been a lifelong argument in sports whether taking time off can help you or whether it can hurt you. You know, in baseball, whether it's timing or whether, you know, it's in a sport like football that your body's ready. In running, for example, though, is it more beneficial, you think, to take a long period of time, or long period of time off? Uh, it depends on the situation. Usually I think the go-to is when you finish a season, when you finish peaking for those championships or whenever your season's over and there's no more meets that you're qualified for, it's good to take about a week, week and a half off. I've always stuck to about a week before I start, you know, kind of training again. Typically, probably after a season, I'll take a week off and then build up to like 30 and then 40, 45, 50 and continue up that way, just kind of ease into it. Um, but mid-season, it's usually not a great idea to take time off just because you kind of get out of the flow of things. You can get a little bit rusty. There are some people that usually taper towards the end of the season to the extent at which they taper uh, varies. For me, I'll drop maybe from 60 miles mid-season, 60 miles per week of running to 30, 40 during championship season just so your legs feel a little bit more fresh. You have a little bit more sharpness when it's time to race versus mid-season when you're racing. You do those really hard workouts. You're running maybe 10 miles per day, 8 to 10 miles per day, and your legs feel a little bit heavy because they're just tired from the hard training. You taper towards championship season, so you're still aerobically fit. You're maintaining that fitness, but you feel a little bit sharper and your legs feel a little bit, little bit fresher when it's time to race. Now let's talk about the team a little bit. You mentioned earlier that there's some of your teammates competing today in Pennsylvania. Uh, what are the big storylines in that one? What are the big keys for you guys as a program moving forward? Right now we're just trying to make sure we're improving time-wise. I know I mentioned Ben Tiber. I think he cut down from 10.17 the steeplechase to 10.04, which is big. That puts him, I think, in the top five currently in the Liberty League, which will be big for us scoring-wise when the championships come around. He's hoping to probably go sub-10. The regional standard is 9.50, so if you could get below that, that would be fantastic. Uh, we have a few other guys. I know Ben Coates is really trying to hit that 800 Liberty League standard later today. He'll be running the 800-meter uh, the standard is 201. He's, he ran 204 in some pretty sloppy conditions up at Cortland. Last week, it was, I think, about 30 degrees and sleeting, and he ran 204, which is a good performance for him. He's run 202 in the previous Liberty League Championships past spring, so uh, he's hoping to hit that standard. And him and many other competitors, really at this point, we're trying to run the best performances we can to get qualified if we haven't already. Because uh, we have one more meet left. Like I said, we have the pen relays, which most of the people that are running the pen relays have already qualified anyways because that's a really top-level meet. Some of the best competitors in the country will be running there. Uh, but there's also the Rochester tri-meet uh, that weekend as well, and there's going to be some athletes there. And that's the last chance that athletes will have to qualify for the Liberty Championships. So we're down to the wire here. If you haven't qualified yet, you got to qualify in these next two meets. So that's why this meet today at Geneseo is huge and why Rochester will be huge as well for a lot of athletes. And you spoke to it a little bit just there, but I'd love to hear you go into a little bit more depth about the qualifying process for those, you know, listening at home. You know, I think it's a pretty interesting process of you guys with your different meets and so forth and the different events. Uh, walk me through for you how you qualified and then how your teammates are looking to qualify as well. Yeah, so basically qualifying standards, the Liberty League puts out a list of times at the start of the season. Same thing with the regional standards as well. We're in the Niagara region, mid-Atlantic region previously. 
uh, they put out a list of standards, and basically if you hit that time or you run faster than that time, then you're in. For me, the Liberty League standard was 33.30. I ran 33.10. I'm in. I'm qualified. So I really don't even have to race again until Liberty Leagues, which I'm probably not going to at this point. Um, but I wouldn't have had have had to race since Susquehanna, which was the end of March. So I could have taken from end of March until May of just training if I wanted to because I've already hit that standard. Um, again, for a guy like Ben Coates, he's run 204. The standard is 201. He's not qualified yet. Uh, but if he runs under 201 today, he'll be in. So that's a, that's the goal for him. Like I mentioned, that's a goal for a lot of other athletes is to run faster than those times. There is another process as well. Each Liberty League school gets two athletes in each event, guaranteed two athlete entries. So, if, for example, at Bard College, they typically don't have athletes hit the standards for whatever reason. Uh, they usually just enter their two fastest athletes in that event. So that's another way of getting athletes in. Um, our distance group this year of distance runners is a little bit shallower, so we might have that be the situation in a couple of different events if Coach Nichols doesn't see any athletes as fit to being uh, competitors in those events, then he won't enter people just to enter them, like a school like Bard might, for example. Uh, but that's the process there. And there's also one wild card. Each team gets a wild card entry, so you can enter any athlete in any event uh, as an extra uh, the coach gets to choose that. Absolutely. So if you got to pick the wild card right now, I know you're not Coach Nichols. Who's your wild card moving forward here? We have a lot of good athletes on the team. I'd have to look through the entries and see who I think could be a competitor. It's probably, for me, going to be whoever is the closest to qualifying. I think that's the most fair way to do it anyways, uh, unless you see as an athlete that's been injured. For example, there's a guy like Connor Ryan. We wild carded in indoor, I believe. Um, he was injured for a lot of the season, but we entered him in, uh, I believe it was the 400 meter or a relay of sorts um, to uh, to race that event because he'd been out for a lot of the season. So we didn't have a chance to qualify. That's a way to do it. Uh, but there's a lot of guys in the team, so I won't just name just one, but there's a lot of guys that are close, and we'll have to see who uh, stands out when it comes down to it. It's a great teammate right there. Speaking of which, the last time we spoke, Ryan, uh, one of the big uh, points of emphasis was the transition of leadership and so forth with a lot of uh, athletes graduating. I'd love to hear an update on how that's going here as you get into the second semester. Yeah, I think a lot of the juniors have stepped up in leadership roles. The seniors, as always, have been excellent. I'll name a few guys. Three seniors on our team have done an excellent job this year. Uh, Tim Cook in the distance event. I mentioned him earlier as being a competitor in the 10,000 meter. Really has worked hard this season to play a major role. I know he wanted to qualify in the 5,000 meter, was just off, I believe, six seconds off at Cortland this past week of qualifying for the 5,000. That would have been an absolutely brutal double to run. He would have had to run the 5,000 meter on a Thursday night or, or Friday night. It would have meant the Liberty League Championships and double back in the 5,000 the next day, which as a distance runner, if you guys don't know, is very difficult to do. Danny Jago might do that. He's been a junior also who's played a major role in leadership, but uh, uh, another senior I want to mention, Zach Wax, has been fantastic in the mid-distance events his entire career. Transferred from Kentucky as a freshman into to his sophomore year, and ever since has been an absolute staple in our distance events. The 800 meter, he qualified for Liberty Leagues. Unfortunately, pulled his hamstring in a workout a few weeks ago, so we're not sure if he'll be back for the Liberty Championships. But his uh, consistency of showing up to practice every day, even despite the injury, has been key for our team. And lastly, I mentioned him, Ben Tiber, as a fifth-year senior, has uh, always been a guy for us that's played a huge role, especially in team morale, uh, just in day in and day out, just providing that consistent uh, positive mental attitude has been huge for us.
No doubt about it. Once again, Ryan Medeiros of the Ithaca College Men's Track and Field Program. Liberty League's coming up in a couple of weeks. Make sure to keep following that as Ithaca looks to send several of their athletes to that event. Ryan, thank you for joining us tonight. Thanks so much, Max. Thanks, Max. And speaking of that, here's a look at the scores for teams on the South Hill this past weekend. The Ithaca men's lacrosse team fell to fourth-ranked Union 19-11 yesterday. Drew Turner and Charlie Niebuhr each had a hat trick. Jake Erickson was not far behind with two goals. Union outshot Ithaca 60-37. Ithaca now sits in fifth place in the Liberty League. They have a pivotal battle versus RPI this weekend, with the winner advancing to the Liberty League tournament. Moving things to the women's lacrosse team, they defeated St. John Fisher 13-6 in a non-conference battle. On senior day, the seniors led the way. Alexa Ritchie had a hat trick. Megan Motkowski finished with three points. Ithaca concludes conference play next weekend against Skidmore. The Ithaca College baseball team dethroned 22 Rochester 5-2 yesterday. Kyle Lambert and Garrett Bell combined for 13 strikeouts. It was an even distribution of offense with three players picking up RBIs. Onto a different diamond, the Ithaca softball team had a doubleheader of their own on Saturday versus Skidmore on senior day. They picked up the clean sweep, outscoring the thoroughbred 17-2 over the course of the two contests, including a 10-2 run rule victory. In Game 1, Allison Del Orto led the way with two hits, an RBI, and a run scored. In the circle, Riley Purimarily had a complete game shutout. The offense did not quiet down in Game 2. Tava Casper led the way with six RBIs and crossed the plate twice. That consisted of a grand slam. In the circle, the Bombers used a trio of arms. Anna Cornell threw three innings of shutout ball. Melody Cappell followed with two innings of work, conceding two runs. Riley Piramali closed out the game with an inning of shutout ball. And now a look at the East Hill over the past weekend. The Cornell men's lacrosse team were defeated by number 14 Brown 13-8. John Piatelli finished with five tallies. Cornell outshot Brown 56-36. They'll wrap up Ivy League play against Princeton on Saturday. Staying at Shulkoff, the Cornell women's lacrosse team fell to Brown 11-12. Despite the close contest, Brown never trailed. For Cornell, Katie Castiello led the way with five goals. Their next game is Saturday against Dartmouth. Big Red softball split with Yale yesterday. The Bulldogs limited the Big Red to two hits in their Game 2 shutout. Cornell baseball split with Dartmouth yesterday. The Big Red put up seven runs over the first two frames in Game 2 to salvage the split. Staying on the diamond, former Ithaca College baseball star Tim LaCastro has raised his career to the highest level, taking his talents from Freeman Field on the South Hill down to Yankee Stadium in the Bronx. Next week on the season's penultimate episode of Sports Talk, WICB Sports Director Matt Saucer will have more on the Bomber Star. To preview this story and to talk about the experience, Matt, alongside Ithacan Sports Editor and WICB contributor Tommy Mumau, have more. I'm here with Matt Saucer and Tommy Mumau following their interview with Tim LaCastro. Guys, what was the inspiration? Well, Mike, the inspiration was he was with the Yankees last year before he tore his ACL, signed with Boston for honestly a few weeks before coming back to the Yankees. And the fact that he's one of very few IC athletes to make it to the top level of his sport, on top of that, the fact that he's playing for his quote-unquote hometown team, given that he's from Auburn, New York, uh, really was the inspiration and the fact that we were able to go down and do it in person adds a whole layer to what's to be coming out next week. For sure, and I mean, once he was called up to the Yankees, it was something we definitely tried, uh, wanted to try to make happen. Uh, like Matt said, I mean, it's not every day that an IC athlete is playing professionally, and, uh, you know, for the Yankees, he grew up in Auburn, New York, so uh, we thought it was a great story to try to go and cover, and we were happy to do it. Yeah, definitely a great story, and uh, what was it like interviewing him? 
Well, Yankee Stadium is an environment that's second to none. We'll get to that in a little bit. But it was just awesome. Tim is a really nice guy, a really high-class individual, um, and he was a very, very good interview. I'm not going to get too much into it because people listening right now will uh, hear more on it in a week. But it was just an awesome interview. Everybody was so nice. And, uh, yeah, stay tuned for next week. Yeah, I couldn't have said better myself. Tim was great. Um, you know, more than willing to do the interview and, uh, you know, great to get his insight about his time at Ithaca and, uh, you know, what it's like to be playing on the Yankees, a team he grew up watching. And, uh, you know, like you said, the environment in that ballpark is special too. And he talked about that a little bit as well. So, uh, yeah, great experience all around. Speaking of the special environment, could you describe a little bit about that? I mean, we had the opportunity to uh, go to the pregame and postgame press conferences for Aaron Boone. And, you know, as people that want to work in the media, that was a really interesting environment to be in uh, for sure to see, uh, you know, how all those media members go about their business, I think was a great experience for both of us. Finally, what are you most excited for with this story? I'm most excited to see the process come through. And for those of you listening who might not know the full story behind this, when Tim LaCastro signed with the Yankees a second time, Tom and I were having a conversation. He's like, we should do something on this. Him for the Ithaca and myself for radio, and both those stories will be coming out uh, next week on Sunday and Thursday, respectively. But he's like, let's just try and get something to happen. It would be really cool to spotlight him because when he was with the Yankees, his first stint, it was during COVID. There wasn't a whole lot going on. There was really no focus on it other than an interview, a spotlight here and there. But we thought, let's really go in depth with this and try to make something out of it. And it was a very long process. And to see it come through, and now that the gathering, the sound gathering, the news gathering is done, uh, to throw it together and to see how the final product turns out is going to be the most rewarding. And I'm also excited because this is really one of the first chances that you get to hear from his teammates both at the collegiate level and at the professional level. So we're getting every single side of the story with this. And so I'm just excited to release it, see it through, and wouldn't be possible without several amazing people. Casey Massara, the advisor of the Ithacan, the New York Yankees, and their entire PR department from Mike Margolis, the top down, John Batensky, Caitlin Brennan, and Michael Margolis from Yankees PR, uh, they were fantastic throughout this whole process. So just want to thank them, uh, and uh, all of them were fantastic. And Tim LaCastro himself uh, taking the time out of a game day, which is a lot of work to sit with us and talk through his path from Ithaca to the Bronx was just amazing. I'm excited to see how it pans out. Absolutely, and like Matt said, big thank you to Casey and everybody with the Yankees for making it happen. I mean, it it was certainly a great experience for us. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think I'm most excited about, uh, you know, having the opportunity to highlight Tim. And like we said before, I mean, it's not every day that an Ithaca athlete uh, gets to make it to the professional level to this stage. So uh, really excited to see how, uh, you know, all this turns out and, one thing that we, we didn't mention either before we were talking about uh, the atmosphere and 
just the whole day. Tim also uh, pinch ran, stole a base, and uh, was able to tie the game. So we were glad that we were able to actually see him play as well. But, um, you know, and excited to tell everybody about that day uh, through our respective stories. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm definitely excited for this story. Uh, Tommy and Matt, thank you. No problem. Thank, thank you. you. Briefly, let's look ahead to the upcoming week at Ithaca College. Following their loss against Union, Ithaca men's lacrosse will take on the RPI in a pivotal Liberty League contest. Sticking with Lax, the Ithaca women's lacrosse team will travel to Hamilton before concluding their regular season against Skidmore. Moving on to the Diamond, the Ithaca College baseball team will take on Oswego State in a midweek battle, followed by Clarkson this weekend. And lastly, Ithaca College softball will host SUNY Cortland on Wednesday and RIT on Friday before a vital Liberty League set against Rochester this weekend. That will do it for this episode of Sports Talk. Special thanks to General Manager of Television and Radio Operations, Jeremy Menard, Sports Director Matt Saucer, our contributors this evening, Max Tandra and Tommy Moomau, and Station Manager Connor Hebert. Be sure to check out at Bombers Radio Net on Twitter for all the latest news and updates regarding our coverage of Ithaca College Athletics. I'm Michael Mouse, and have a great rest of your Sunday night. Ithaca Now is coming up next.